Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss and Cage Podcast. So today is, is, is an early episode. We got you just from the other side of the world on this particular podcast today. And I'm going to deem him the recruitment boss because obviously he's a recruiter, right? So why don't you tell audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do overseas? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm super excited to, to be on, first of all. But yeah, uh, my story and, and kind of how I got into recruitment, I think is pretty atypical because... Uh, yeah, I, I used to be a business owner and I was just faced with a situation where I need to find people for myself or I would have to do all the work myself, uh, which wasn't very feasible at the time. And uh, especially uh, with the company growing bigger, uh, we did manage it to get it like to high seven figures. Uh, so, you know, you kind of have to figure it out and how you do it is just by doing it, you know. And uh, I remember being on my first job interview and thinking, okay, what are the questions that I, I should ask the person? I was just asking what I've heard in my own interviews when, when I was younger. And yeah, I remember thinking, okay, this, this is not good. I need to need to figure this out. And then, yeah, over several years, uh, just by, by reps, really, uh, I got better. And what ended up happening was that when I was talking to other business owners, it was almost as if they're, when we're talking about recruitment, it's almost as if they're taking out their notebooks and start making notes. Cause, uh, for one reason or another, what I was doing and what my company was doing in, in recruitment was much more advanced than what most companies did. And we were just trying to get the best talent. We weren't like, you know, uh, trying to do anything special. Uh, and then uh, once I saw that company, I started thinking, okay, what do I want to be doing next? And it was kind of an obvious choice by me uh, for me by that point. Cause uh, yeah, I, I could see that I could really help people that way. And that's kind of how I got into it. And today uh, my promise to my clients is that, I'll find you an A-player employee in six weeks or less, or you don't pay anything. And it's easy for, make, uh, for me to make that guarantee because I know I'll definitely find uh, them. I've done it enough times that, that I know I'll, I'll, I can handle it. Definitely interesting. So, I mean, let's talk about like where you grew up a little bit. Because, I mean, obviously right now you're in the UK. So, I'm like, where are you located? Kind of where did you grow up? Yeah, I'm uh, originally from Latvia. It's a small country in Eastern Europe. Uh, it's right next to Russia, but more on the European side. And uh, when I was born, uh, the country had just gained independence. Previously, we were in the Soviet Union. And uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'm from. So 90s uh, wasn't necessarily the easiest time uh, over there. Uh, but I was lucky with, with having a family that, that really cares about education, uh, themselves being quite uh, kind of interested in intellectual stuff. I'd, I'd put it that way. My older brothers, one of them is a really successful doctor. The other one's a really successful lawyer. Uh, so... Yeah, I was I was kind of happy in, in that sense or, or lucky in that sense because, uh, yeah, I had really good surroundings, even though the, the country itself uh, wasn't doing that that hot at the time. Uh, but right now, uh, Latvia is really taking off. It's, it's an awesome place and it's it's really beautiful as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't complain from uh, about where I'm from. Nice. Nice. So where are you located right now? Uh, right now, in, I'm in Hungary, Budapest, and uh, I, I stayed in Eastern Europe. Uh, the only reason I moved was that I wanted to be in bigger city. But uh, yeah, I, and that's pretty much the, the biggest city in, in Eastern Europe. Uh, that's also in the European Union. 
uh, so it's so it's easy for me to be here and to say legally. So uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm today. Nice, nice. So I mean, with that kind of history, I mean, obviously, you know, you have an international footprint as well. Like, you know, if you could define yourself in three to five words, what would those words be? So I'm an experienced and creative uh, international recruiter for uh, remote online businesses. Uh, that's that's kind of how I would summarize. So experienced, I, I talk about that. Creative, uh, you know, if, if you own a small business, you kind of have to be creative. You don't have these set career paths or anything you can follow that's you know you have a ton of choose uh, a ton of people to choose from uh and then for international part i see that in eastern europe there are a ton of people like me that that speak pretty good english that have this international experience that can easily work for american companies or other international companies uh but their kind of salary expectations are are much lower uh so for small businesses that's a res- you're always looking for resources right so that's a resource how you can be competitive, uh, finding these people who can work for less, but also do a really good job. Nice, nice. I mean, I mean, with, with the, talking about the international side of things, right? I mean, the country where you're originally from, I, I guess they, they speak three different languages, right? I mean, it would be American, potentially, right? And then you have like the English, right. and you have Russian, and then you have your native language. Do you speak all three of those? Right. So uh, Latvian and English, uh, yes, absolutely no problems. Uh, Russian, I did learn in school, and I actually had a job interview in Russian. Uh, I was I was listening, I wasn't conducting it, and all I could say is uh, but uh, no, it's not really uh, participate. But I could understand everything they're saying, so I, I would call it a half language for for uh, myself. So that's something that you think is beneficial for like your business. I mean, obviously you're doing international recruiting, but are you more so based in the UK or are you doing like UK, Australia, Asia? Like, you know, how far is your reach? Uh, from from wherever the the kind of wherever people speak English, where, you know, it's, it's across the globe basically. And uh, usually the limiting factor is where kind of the uh, HQ of the company is, where the most people are, the time zone that, that they're in. And some businesses are in Europe. There, there are other English speakers who, who are just happen to be based here. And then they kind of center around this like Central uh, European time, uh, countries like Serbia, Hungary that I'm in, even South Africa, because they're all aligned uh, on the same time zone. Or if you're more based in the States, you still want people to kind of be active at the same time. So then it's more about Argentina, Brazil, uh, those kind of countries where you can still find good talent. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, you, you talked about like digital space, right? Now, obviously, you know, there's recruiters that are recruiting for like corporate America that just kind of put a body inside of a, a cubicle, but you're talking about more in the online space. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Like, I mean, why did you pick the online space versus like the standard corporate America situation for recruiting? Uh, it's just uh, what I know, what I've been through. So my company uh, was selling uh, out of all things, iPhone photography courses online. Uh, and that was for, for the American market. And that was the company we, we were able to, to scale to, to a pretty decent level. Uh, but yeah, the kind of secret behind the company was all in digital marketing. That's kind of the, the secret of our success, if you will. So then, um, yeah, that's just a space I knew really well. I had some connections in, so it's easy to get started there. And then if you go to a regular recruiter and, and ask them to find an, I don't know, SEO director, they probably they could learn it, but you know it would be they're just starting out. Whereas I've been doing it for years. Uh, so when I'm when I'm talking uh, with someone whose entire business is dependent on SEO, of course they're going to go with me as opposed to someone else who doesn't really understand uh, the niche and, and situation. And the same goes with other things in digital marketing. 
But earlier on, you, you were talking about your family was really big into education. So, like, let's just talk talk about that for a little bit. I mean, like, what kind of household did you grow up in? I mean, you're saying education, but was it particularly in, like, technology or was it just generally broad? Like, they just had you reading. Like, well, well, describe that to us a little bit. Yeah, so uh, that's, that's a great question. Uh, my mom uh, is and was a math teacher. Uh, so uh, kind of, you know, all of us are, are pretty good with numbers. Uh, the, I have two, two older brothers. Uh, and, and we went to kind of a special school for that. So I think that's, you know, we were exposed to that, maybe some natural ability there as well. Uh, but for one reason or another, that was strong for us. Uh, the other thing that, uh, my mom always emphasizes is that our dad was always kind of talking to us and explaining why things work, work a certain way and kind of having pretty much grown up conversations with us, uh, even though we were like six or something. Uh, and that, you know, the sooner you have that exposure, I think that the sooner you develop and kind of are more aware of what's going on in the world. And when I look back, that's, that, that was super helpful for me. So would you say you were like a pretty intuitive kid growing up? I would think so. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Nice. So, I mean, I want to talk about like, okay, so you, obviously you're fairly young. Uh, you have a lot of successes. It's not like the first company you, you've built and grown. Like, if somebody listening to this podcast, they may see you as an overnight success just because of your age. But in reality, how long have you been on your journey to get to where you are currently? I mean, uh, at my professional career started in my first year of university because I, I went to study physics and we were touring all the physics institutes in Latvia. And soon I realized, OK, this is, this is just not life for me. Um, I just wasn't that interested in what they were doing, although, you know, they're really smart people doing really advanced things. But I, I just sense this is this is not for me. So in a way, I'm really grateful for those tours. Uh, so I thought, okay, I better figure out a, a different plan. And I started working uh, as an intern because uh, it's funny. My brother had a dream uh, where I'm in this big financial institution and I'm being an analyst there and I'm announcing some news to the big CEOs and whatnot. And he said, yeah, you should do that. And then I, I wrote to all the banks, all the insurance companies in Latvia say, I'm interested in work. And one of them uh, took me on. And that was uh, 2010, 11, something like that. So more than 10 years ago. And that's how I got started. So uh, I was yeah, always doing, doing stuff in, in, in parallel to university. So um, yeah, I guess, I guess that helped as well. But I, I feel like I'm, I'm only getting started. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I have some interesting plans for, for the future, I feel like. Nice. So I mean, how the hell do you go from physics to, to what you're doing right now? I mean, that, that's a huge jump, right? I mean, completely different absolutely yeah completely completely different nothing to do with uh what i'm doing today um yeah uh kind of i told you the i guess the second part of the story where i had a business and then i needed to hire for that business so i guess that story makes sense but then uh, a high school friend of mine he was starting a business and also kind of not entirely sure what what he's doing and he thought uh he'd invite me uh, and, and we could try and uh, figure it out together and that's what we did for around five years. So yeah, I had this really nice opportunity to work with a high school friend who already had a business that had kind of an, you know, the the beginnings of success, and then we joined and and, and scale it quite far. Interesting. So let's just 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 you know, believing in the multiverse and saying like that this is this is gonna be an alternate reality, right? If you can kind of go back any period of time, let's say in the last ten years, and you can talk to yourself for thirty seconds, when would you go back to, and what would you say? Wow, that's that's a good one. I mean, I would probably go to the earliest point possible because you know, time's the one resource you, you can get back. So 
the sooner you you start getting kind of benefits from 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 time the the better uh and i think yeah i mean there are tons of lessons that that i've had over the 10 years one one thing that hit me recently was uh speed of execution so whenever you have an idea just go ahead and do it and see what happens and then it doesn't mean that it it will work the first time but at least you will have learned you'll know what to do next and you can again ex- execute really fast and then instead of thinking about something for two weeks you go go ahead and do it the same day and then if you do it for 14 times uh, within two weeks you're so much better you're so much uh, more ahead so this kind of speed of uh yeah execution i suppose uh that's something that that hit me recently and since i've started doing that i i see so many great results in, in my own business so but that's that's just the latest big thing that that hit me i i think i get those every month or so earlier you you're talking about your parents you're talking about you, you grew up in an education based household but i mean obviously you're an entrepreneur by heart it seems like every aspect of the story that you told so far there's always been some interlude or jump into some entrepreneurism so are any of your parents or any ancestors in your family were they any of them entrepreneurs or business owners um not that enough i mean they were um if if i look at my uh parents they were always kind of in leadership positions uh it's it's kind of hard though uh for them cuz the entire system in the country was uh you know it didn't allow entrepreneurship so if it, you really needed uh to want to do that cuz you know it, it was kind of illegal to to do that in in Soviet Union uh so yeah they i think they have this kind of natural leadership tendencies and and also uh my my grandparents uh but it, they were kind of they were f- I guess force or, or they had to put them in in different directions like uh my grandmother being a lead doctor my my grandfather being a lead engineer uh they they had to kind of you know channel these these uh tendencies I suppose elsewhere do you think like me you're talking about like doctors and lawyers do you think that their worth ethic that they had kind of influenced you to be successful to where you are today uh for sure yeah that's that's undeniable Nice, nice. So it seems like you know you grew up in a, in a pretty tight knit household. So like my next question is kind of like you know obviously growing up in that environment, growing up with education being the primary factor, growing up with, with you know with having people to bounce ideas off of. Do you, how do you currently juggle like your work life with your family life, being that you grew up in that environment? Yeah. So I mean, uh, work like this past couple of weeks has been really busy, and and I'm really happy uh, or or lucky once again uh, that uh with my wife cuz cuz she kind of sees it and she understands it and she supports me there but most of the time I don't try to be busy all the time and 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 do you know that's that's kind of not the way I I operate I would rather put in my fair 8 hours but really give it my best shot and and do what's what's the things that that really will uh, move my business uh so usually it's 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 not a problem at all now that I'm you know really busy wake up early have everything structured I, i guess is my my response to uh yeah making sure that i do still get to spend some time with my family get to call my my family back home and and all those things so uh if if it's an issue then structure and and making sure that everything's scheduled is is my response nice nice so you're talking about you know waking up early and giving a, a allocating time to to family so what you're waking up early schedule I mean what what's your morning routines look like So right now it's it's kind of crazy I get up at uh 4:45 and then 
I, I grab a coffee, read all the trash sites that, that I want to read, like uh, Facebook and Reddit, and then I don't touch them for the rest of the day. I kind of get it out of my system. Yeah. Uh, and then by, I don't know, 5.30, I'm, I'm already at the computer and, and working. And uh, of course, I don't have any meetings in, in that time. So that's the time. I need to do a fair bit of writing these days. So that's when I do writing. Or if there's anything I need to kind of uh, yeah, catch up on, then that's that's the time I do it. And then throughout the day, it's it's mostly meetings because for me, it's it's interviews still. Um, and I'm interviewing people that's, that could replace me in my own business as well as, of course, uh, interviewing for, for my clients. And that's pretty much how, uh, how the day goes. And then, you know, whatever time I, I end, uh, I definitely have uh, dinner together, uh, together with my wife if I need to go back to work afterwards. That's what I do. And then, yeah, I'm back to bed at 9 p.m. and then uh, do it all over again. Definitely interesting. I mean, you, you brought up a point about, you know, you read Reddit and you read Facebook early on. And it's kind of like, are you doing that for like work purposes or is it more like entertainment? Not at all. No, <laughs> no, it's just uh, it's just making a deal with myself that, OK, uh, I want to do these things that are not good for me, but kind of feel good in the moment. Uh, and they're not productive at all. They're, they're major time sucks. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of it's it's a. A deal I'm, I'm making with myself. I'll put it that way. Nice, nice. So I mean, I mean, with that, I mean, you talked about Facebook. You, you're talking about Reddit. I would think that you know part of what your daily routine would look like, as far as a recruiter would be. You know, do you dabble in LinkedIn at all? Oh yeah, LinkedIn is is where I spend the the rest of my day. I don't read the the newsfeed that much. Uh, there's kind of yeah. There's no. Everyone wants to be nice on there, so there's no feedback. So people start posting pretty crazy things uh, and no one wants to say uh, call anyone out because it's their professional reputation they put on the line and they're not going to do it for an online argument or anything like that so uh the the kind of feed is is not worth it don't don't spend your time there i'd say uh but it's reaching out to people talking to them understand uh kind of offering positions understanding what it is that they expect and uh um, try and convince them that it's a good idea to to get on a call with me. And usually if I reach out to a candidate, it is, but still uh, communicating the value of, of kind of, yeah, continuing the, the hiring process with me and my client. Nice, nice. So, I mean, just going back to like, like your bio, at the end of your bio, right, it, it stated that you, you're known for the seven-step recruitment process. So I'd like to just talk about that. I mean, like, I mean, obviously the seven steps, we have no clue what these seven steps are. So like allude to right. us, what, what does that look like? So I'll, I'll uh, simplify it a little bit, uh, just just so it's seven steps are kind of hard to keep them all in your mind, but let's let's uh, break them down into three bigger stages. So the first one is uh, kind of selling the position, uh, and it's making sure that you know what you have to offer uh, is actually interesting to to the job market. And uh, the usual job description goes something like, okay, here's a list of things that, that we expect from you. Here's a list of things we offer. Um, if, if you're lucky, they include a salary. Uh, but it's kind of, you, you're left scratching your head thinking, okay, what is this role really and, and what will I do? Uh, my goal is to first of all, identify in the first 10 seconds, the type of person that, that would uh, do really well in this role and the type of person I'm, I'm really talking to. And then... Yeah, just explain in simple terms what the job really is about, why it's a good opportunity for for that person. So it's it's pretty much sales and marketing work that that I'm doing there because you know uh, recruitment is no different from sales, but instead of selling uh, to your clients, you're selling to 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 the candidates. 
so that's that's step one. Uh, step two is picking out the people that you actually think would would be uh, good fits uh, for the role. LinkedIn is by far the the best resource for that because not every single professional in the world, but almost everyone is on LinkedIn, and you can search it. So it means you pretty much have access to everyone in the world that that you want to get access to. Uh, so yeah, your job is to choose what I do every week. I choose 50 people for one role that I want to reach out to that at that moment, I think are perfect fits for the role. And I send them my offer and basically, um, get their feedback. If they're interested, that means I'm on the right track. If they're not interested, uh, I usually can sense, okay, what we're getting wrong, why people are not interested. You know, I can talk to them still, even if they're not interested. And then this thing is happening where week by week I'm I'm just learning and finding out more. And by week three or four, I know exactly the person that we need to be going for, exactly what we need to tell them uh, to to convince them to to come to us. And that's that's why I can tell people that I'll find someone for you in six weeks or less. Uh, so that's that's step number two. And then uh, the last kind of uh, stage, I guess, uh, is, is the more appropriate term. Uh, the last stage is kind of filtering those people and making sure that what you thought they are, they really are so that they have the required skills for, for the job, that they would be a good fit with the company, that it actually makes sense in their career trajectory to join you. Cause you could get like an awesome person to join you, but if it doesn't make sense for them to stay, they'll be gone in like, I don't know, nine months or something. And you don't want that either. Uh, so kind of, yeah, this filtering process and making sure you don't let in people that, that you shouldn't let in. And it's also good for the candidate because uh, if you're making sure it's a good idea for you to take them, it's usually a much better for them, for them to join as well, a much better idea for them to join. Uh, so these are the three big stages. So kind of understanding how to sell the uh, uh, position, finding those people and, and kind of convincing them that it really is for them. And the last step is kind of filtering and, and making sure that uh, they really are good fits as, as you thought previously. I mean, that's interesting. So like, I just want to like visualize that. So like, I'm going to use the analogy of like a pipeline. So on a day-to-day basis, you're, you're, you're putting in 50 people that could potentially fit a role from mm-hmm. each day that you put those 50 people in and you're looking at a six week turnaround time to where possibly one of those 50 people per day can kind of get into a role. So that's a six week turnover that's going every single day, right? Like, like every where, yeah. Uh, I mean, for one role, I would do 50 per week because it does okay. take some time for them to get back to me to, uh, you know, maybe get on a few interviews and, and see uh, feedback and kind of in a real conversation. So it's not 50 every day, but it's 50 every week. 50 every week. So essentially mm-hmm. 200 a month. So yeah. in that six week time, let's just say like, okay, you have 200 a month, you know, and, and let's say that's tends out to be 300 people in that six week time. Like, and then you probably still have an onboarding process. Like once someone raises their hand and they're like, okay, look, I, I want this opportunity. I want to get on a bandwagon. Then you start the onboarding. So my question is kind of like, okay, you have six weeks leading up. Then you have your onboarding, which is a time frame. Like when do you actually cash out the value for, for that recruitment? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so uh, just uh, and just to give you like a little comment to, to make it, you know, maybe the, the understanding better for everyone that's listening. Uh, so it's usually the first maybe three weeks, maybe four, if, if we're a little unlucky, that the reaching out happens and the, the, the remaining weeks are for going through the recruitment process, all the interviews, anything you need, this kind of filtering process, the, the last stage that, that I mentioned. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's one thing. Um, but in terms of my business and, and how that's structured, so I tell people that, you know, 
if I don't find someone for you in six weeks, you don't pay. And that's, that's perfectly fine by me. They do pay in the end because I do find uh, people for them. Uh, but um, how the, the payment is structured, that before they start, I ask for maybe 25 uh, to 50% deposit, just so I know that they're serious, that they, they actually want to, to look for someone. Uh, once that's come in, I get right on writing the job ad and, and reaching out to people. Uh, at any time in, in those six weeks, I tell them they're, they're totally free to uh, request a refund. And uh, if they do, no questions asked, I, I provide it. Uh, and then uh, the the remainder is is kind of given to me when the job contract is signed. Gotcha. So it's like a, like a still. I mean, you, you're basing it pretty much in the digital space. So you're saying half up front, half in completion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So uh, this is rewinding back, and like I like to jump around these conversations, and, and I, I put sure. landmarks in my perfect. mind based upon what you said. And earlier on, you were talking about writing. So like this next question is about like reading and writing, and it's a three part question, right? So first part is like you know the past 10 years, like what books did you read to kind of get you currently where you are? Like what's your top two books that you can select from that? Okay. Second part of that is, so, what, oh, okay. Yeah. The second part is what books are you reading right now? And the third part is, have you had opportunity to write any books as of yet? Gotcha. All right. So, uh, first part the, in the past 10 years, uh, a lot of books, I, I think there's more than 200 business books that, that I've read. And it's actually over the past, maybe three years. Uh, and yeah, I have a book club with, with a few buddies of mine that also own uh, quite successful businesses. And we just, every couple of weeks, we choose a book that all of us read and then we discuss it. And that's kind of, you know, that makes sure that I'm, I'm reading continuously. So, cause you have to do it. If, if you're a business owner, you, you have to get better every day. Cause especially if, if you have some sort of service, people are paying you because, you know something they don't know, so you have to continue to, to acquire knowledge. So a top book, oh, it's hard to, to choose just a couple, but if we're talking about recruitment, um, that's something that could be very useful to the readers. Uh, who comes, comes to mind as the most useful book on recruitment I've ever read? It's by Jeff Smart. And it kind of, the seven-step process that, that you mentioned is it's based on that book, uh, kind of loosely, but, but still is. And uh, the... Yeah, they they just give you a process to follow. If you implement it, you're gonna be, you know, at least eighty percent of the way there. You're not gonna make any major mistakes if if you follow their advice. So that's kind of something that was a foundation for me when when I started the recruiting. So that's that's a that's a huge one. Um, outside of that, I mean, yeah, the first one that comes to mind is Ray Dalio principles. He just uh, he talks about how a company should run, and I think he got it quite close to, to perfect. Uh, so that's, that's a, yeah, a huge resource if, uh, if you want to dig into that. Recently, uh, my biggest, uh, I don't know, uh, business advice crush, if you will, has been Alex Hormozzi. Uh, so he owns acquisition.com. He does, uh, I don't know, eight or nine figures, uh, some, something crazy with his, uh, with his companies. Uh, but he puts on, out a ton of free content, uh, that's, just, you know, whenever there's a YouTube video, I feel like, okay, I'm, I think I know what he's going to talk about. And then I watch it and he does talk about that thing that he said he will talk about, but he always gives a perspective that I didn't expect. And uh, that's quite rare for me if, if I'm looking at videos about business. So he always has something really interesting to share. Uh, his thing on how you should structure your offer uh, has just been game changing for, for my own business. So uh, that's my uh, recent uh, favorite uh, topic as for books myself uh i haven't written anything uh 
it's not in a pipeline. Maybe I will someday. Uh, sounds I, I read so many of them that I might one day uh, write one myself too. Yeah, yeah, it would definitely be interesting. I mean, your viewpoint on recruitment is a little bit different than the normality, right? So I think having a book in that space would be definitely fruitful. So, I mean, t- talking about future tense, right? So, I mean, where do you see you and your business 20 years from now? 20, that's that's a long time. Uh, but for uh, this current business, I think the timeline I'm, I'm kind of thinking about is maybe three to five years. Uh, and for an agency, my preferred model is kind of a boutique agency. So some uh, maybe around 10 people uh, that really know what they're doing. If, if you have this problem in a specific niche, uh, which would, for in our case, be recruitment for, for online businesses, you can come to us and we'll help you. We'll serve you perfectly and, and you you're never have to worry about recruitment from, from that perspective. So that's kind of uh, what I'm going for. I imagine it would maybe be mid uh, seven figures business and, and that's uh, quite all right by me. Uh, and to, uh, like, you know, around this time I'm hiring, a kind of second in command or, or employee number two. So someone who can be in charge of operations and, and kind of someone I can teach everything I, I know about recruitment and they could kind of take over from me because I'm not willing to give up anything if, if it, uh, decreases the quality of, of the work that, that we're putting out there. Um, and I feel like there are enough people that's can get an agency to, to that stage and it can be a really nice, stable business. Uh, but for myself, as soon as I can pass on that, I'm interested in kind of the entire recruitment vertical. So it can be coaching, it can be software, uh, it can be candidate platforms. Uh, all of those things are, are interesting to me. Uh, so kind of, yeah, I, when I, a big reason also why I started the, a recruitment agency is because that's something that every single business in the world needs. So, it's kind of an unlimited niche. So I want it to be in a big one. And I think this is this is quite a good one for me. It's interesting because, I mean, you're talking about recruitment, right? You're, you're talking about, like, your seven-step process. And we, we talked a little bit about, like, Facebook. We talked a little bit about LinkedIn. So I, I really want to, like, dive into, like, your production behind house. Like, So, like, what software do you use on a day-to-day basis that you would not be able to do what you're doing without having access to that platform? So number one is um, a recruiter, uh, LinkedIn recruiter, yeah. and that's a completely amazing software. You don't even need the, the especially if, if you're just hiring for yourself, you don't need the, their most premium option. It's about 130 bucks or something per, per month. And that's a less uh, than job, job board posts and job board posts. In, in my experience, they they just don't have the value that's uh, reaching out to, to candidates that you think are, are perfect fits has. Uh, so yeah, that's tool number one. It's perfectly searchable. You can look for anything in the world and and it'll show it to you in terms of uh, potential candidates. Uh, and and the other thing that's, that I really like to use is Slack because uh, I'd like the, in my previous job, I hated that it's instant because it was more about building a product and kind of long-term work. Right now, it's making sure that things happen really quickly and, and that uh, um, once we have a hot candidate, we can push them uh, through the, all the stages that, that I have in my process. So this instant communication is back and forth. Is this thing that you know we build on this momentum and, and that's how we can get candidates through very fast. So I, I wouldn't say it's, it's anything fancy, uh, just you know, Slack and LinkedIn, but if you use them right, they're, they're really powerful. 
Nice. So, I mean, let's talk about like your ideal customers, ideal clients. I mean, we're talking about the digital space, right? And that's a wide gambit of individuals. It can be kind of like the mom and pop style. It can be like the solopreneur. So ideally, if you had to depict an ideal avatar, who would that individual be? Yeah, it's uh, probably a business owner starting from six figures, maybe to, to low eight figures. And the, the kind of lower uh, range of that is because I, I want them to have enough stability that, you know, I can tell a candidate wholeheartedly that this is a good idea for you to join. The company is going to be around and, and it's a good home for you. And they have the resources to, to pay for someone who's good and uh, kind of they know that the candidates are, are worth the, the salary they, they, uh, they're paying them. They're not trying to squeeze them for, for every last dollar. Uh, on the other end, I don't uh, like uh, to work for companies that are too huge, uh, simply because uh, the bu bureaucracy starts to creep in. Everything starts taking slower. You want to take instead of like uh, three interview max that, that we usually do, you want to start doing five interviews, some people even more. And then it's it's not this kind of instant process. I can't keep my promise necessarily that it's going to be six weeks. Of course, I, I communicate that up front, but it's not the way I, I prefer to work. And just from my uh, my own belief is that it's more satisfying to, to work for for a small uh, business. Uh, it's it's just more enjoyable for the candidates. So kind of um, yeah, it it also aligns with with my beliefs about what's a good workplace and, and where people uh, should like to to end up. Interesting. So let's say you're talking to them. I say that person's listening to, to this particular episode right now and they're hearing everything they're saying, they're listening to your story and they're in sync with you. What words of wisdom or words of insight would you give to them to help them continue on their journey to be successful? Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing that's also another kind of lesson that, that I recently realized, and it's funny because I'm in recruitment anyway, but uh, for the longest time, I thought it always has to be me that that does the work because, you know, I I put it together. I know I have all the background. I, I'm the person that knows. But you have access to eight billion people, so there's gonna be a person that uh, can do it better than you. That expect uh, less in, in terms of income from you. So you can give it to them. They'll be really happy that that they have work and, and something meaningful to work on. And you can move on to the next thing. And kind of this. You know, it's a not. It's usually not a problem of deciding what to do for your business, but the problem is this: to decide who's going to do it. And if you have the tools to to find these people that you know can do this work and can do it better than you at a cheaper rate, uh, then it just opens up so many possibilities. And what, just to give you an example, uh, one of these companies that are in these uh, low eight figures, uh, it's actually a friend of mine who, who uh, who's running that company. And uh, we were working together and, and he said, uh, I wish I could hire more. Uh, I simply don't have the budget. But as soon as he has any budget, he's always hiring because he knows the power of bringing on talented, uh, driven people to, to his company. So as soon as he has any sort of availability on his budget, he's, he's hiring again. And, and I think that's just kind of beautiful. It shows the power of, of working together and, and kind of, uh, yeah, trusting other people to, to help you build whatever you're building. I, mean, I think that's definitely interesting. I mean, hiring people definitely helps evolve any business. But I think part of hiring is before you hire, you have to have like systems in place or statements of work. Like, so that way, when you hire onboard someone, they know exactly what they're doing because somebody has done it before them. And that track record of information is listed out. Is that something that you work with with clients as well? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, a part of uh, my process is 
I ask them all the questions that that they need answered, and if they don't have uh, if they don't have good answers, that's perfectly fine. But uh, I kind of you know give them my take and, and suggestions, and you know I've, I've worked with quite a few companies now, so I've seen many different things. Uh, but I do make sure that they have these things that that they need to know. Many people just come in and say, "This is exactly what we need." Some other people come in and they're they're a little unsure. They they're not they they kind of know the direction they're they're trying to go in. And then I try and help them uh, decide where it is that that we should end up. Nice, nice. So, how can someone find you? I mean, do you have a social media profile, website? Yeah, uh, recruitermill.com is the the best place uh, to go to. Uh, you'll see at the top of the the website there's a, an opportunity to either shoot me a message or to uh, even book a strategy call with me. I'm I'm always happy to to interact people, help them uh, see what their situation is, even if you're not ready to hire today. I'll kind of give you my take on your situation because right now we're kind of talking about theory and, and, you know, how things work in general, but it's always more helpful just to look at a specific situation and, and analyze that. And of course, uh, that's the situation of, of your business. So yeah, let's, let's just get on a call and, uh, and talk about it for 30 minutes. It's, it's definitely going to help be helpful to you. Nice. Nice. So we're going into the bonus round. I got a couple of bonus questions for you. You ready? All right. All right. I'm ready. So I, th- I think this will be a pretty interesting. I mean, being that, you know, you've been in the game for, let's say, about a decade and, and you're fairly young, but you've had a lot of different achievements. So what is your most significant achievement to date? Uh, are, we, are we talking business or are we talking uh, outside of business? Well, give me one of each. How about that? Okay, uh, sweet. So um, I, I think, yeah, I mean, the first thing that, that comes to mind uh, with business is actually developing the system that. Uh, can't find people in six weeks or less. That's, I just see it's the biggest pain point of, of people I work with. I, I wasn't always able to, to, to do that. You know, six years ago, I made uh, completely atrocious hires. And just to look at the journey and, and see that now I'm able something uh, to offer something that, that everyone wants, uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Outside of uh, work, I don't, I don't think it's uh, a specific accomplishment, but I'm just really happy about the family I'm, I'm building with my wife. Uh, you know, work, work is cool, and it's something I do, and I kind of, at this stage, look at it as, a, as my hobby, uh, but family always comes first for me. All right. All right, I got another bonus question for you. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone, dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? And again, your wife is not included in this answer. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I would, I would cheat. And the, the first uh, person that, that came to me actually, okay, I'm not going to use my own bloodline, uh, but I will use hers because uh, I, I love my family, but I completely love hers. Uh, we just get along perfectly. And uh, I never get to meet her, but it was her grandmother. And just the way everybody talks about her, uh, you know, she was a truly special person. So I, yeah, I never got to meet her. So, I, so I'd love to spend some time with her. Um, outside of uh, kind of, you know, family, family stuff. That's a good one. I mean, the first person that comes to mind, honestly, Alex Hormozzi. Uh if, if you're listening to this, hit me up. Uh, I'd, I'd love to uh, chat to that dude because the way he talks about business, he makes things that I used to think are really complicated, really obvious. And he is right when, when he's talking about them. So yeah, I'd just love to, to chat business uh, with him because I've connected with him so well uh, over YouTube. Nice. 
So going into closing, I always like to, you know, give whoever I'm interviewing an opportunity to become the host of the Boston Cage podcast. So the microphone is yours. Like I'm now your guest. Interview me. What, do you have any questions you'd like to ask me? I, I love the last question that, that you came up with. I, I've never seen it. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you that, but who would be the person you'd spend 24 hours with? So over the years, it's definitely changed. I've answered that question multiple times before. At one time, it was definitely Einstein. Another time, it was um, Steve Jobs. Another time after that, it was um, Elon Musk. And to your point, I mean, it's kind of like thinking about ancestors, right? So, I mean, if I can kind of go back in time, I would probably try to figure out who was the first entrepreneur in my bloodline. Like, obviously, I'm getting this engine like from yeah. someone. So, I just don't know which, where did it really start? And I don't know how far we have to go, but I would travel back and find that person. I would like to kind of pick their mind, like what inside of them made them want to become an entrepreneur? Like, considering that it was in history and to your point with your family, they didn't have opportunity to be an entrepreneur. Maybe that person didn't have the same opportunity, but they still wanted to do that. And I would love to pick their brain for 24 hours to kind of see what was their drive and motivations. That's awesome. I, I like that. And uh, as for a future, what, what do you want for yourself in the, in 20 years time? 20 years time. I mean, Boston cage, it's, it's, it's growing. So I wanted to kind of grow into like a, a media outlet for entrepreneurs. And I'm not going to say competing with like Inc and entrepreneur, but I'm building this platform that essentially gives business owners and entrepreneurs an opportunity to kind of tell their stories, not necessarily talk about their business, but we are going to talk about your business. And it's just a different way of looking at it. But then the audience could kind of then communicate with the individual a lot more. So 20 years from now, I would love to see like, you know, maybe one of my kids jump into this space and taking it over or at least get to where right now we're global but i want to be like more than global you know like could we get to like right. 100 million people would be ideal would be great that's awesome man i'm i'm happy to be a part of the journey man no yeah i definitely appreciate it i mean i appreciate you uh reaching out and um I, it was it was funny because I, I was asked this questionnaire and it was like i think you found me on listen notes and that was the first time i'm like okay i usually get matchmaker i usually get like um recruiters but you know like how did that go i mean like how did you find us on listen notes it's just something that i'm intrigued by finding out more about yeah uh i mean honestly i i have someone uh helping me with uh with getting on podcasts and then you know i, I look at podcasts and decide which which ones i, I want to get onto but they just tell me, okay, this this seems like a good opportunity. Usually it is. I look at yours. I, I thought it's awesome, an awesome fit for me. So uh, yeah, I definitely wanted to be on. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I definitely appreciate you. I mean, I think you gave a lot of insight as the recruitment boss and anyone that's looking for recruiters. I mean, by all means, I mean, definitely reach out to you because you have a global footprint. So again, I appreciate you being on the show and taking time out your schedule today. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Great. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 762- 233 boss that's 762-233-2677 i would love to hear from you remember to become a boss in cage you have to release your inner beast sa grant signing off listeners of boss on cage are invited to download a free copy of our host sa grant's insightful ebook become an uncaged trailblazer Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. 
download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.